Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 128. John and Wendy talk to Emily Ender. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you doing, John? Wendy, I am I'm in just a great place and I'm very <laughs> excited to announce that our friends at Talent Magnet Institute are sponsoring us again for the month Yay! of August. Thank you, Talent Magnet Institute and Mike. We Thank love you, it. Mike. Yes, absolutely. What's great uh, about that, some of you may have heard our episode with Mike about some of the exciting things that Talent Magnet Institute's got going on. Yep. If you haven't, go back and listen to that. But part of the sponsorship this month is that they're actually going to co-host our chat that's coming up Sunday night. I, I love it. Um, you know, Mike has been such a supporter of the chat and a big participant in the chat. So having him be a co-host, I think is going to be phenomenal and just a ton of fun. Um, I, I can't wait to, uh, to have him there and, uh, and just see, see what he brings. Um, he always brings his a game, but, um, he'll probably step it up a little bit since he's hosting. I have no doubt we're going to be talking about holistic leadership and and what we've done and how we've improved over the last many months and Mm -hmm. want to continue to improve. And that's obviously something that Talent Magnet Institute is looking to do and with their new offerings and such. So yes, uh, join us Sunday night. Again, we we appreciate Mike and the Talent Magnet Institute for sponsoring us again. Two months now, which is very very much appreciated. Wendy, I am really excited about tonight's guest. It's funny, Emily and I have talked offline about the fact that, you know, we're here in Richmond together and, and yet we don't really know. We, we've kind of lost touch with a lot of our peers around here, but it was really cool. I was introduced to Emily way back when she was getting ready to present at a conference. And I'll have to tell the story because we, we met through John Cates and Missy Murdoch, who are friends of the show. Her test presentation was in a consignment furniture store and it was just <laughs> the coolest setting and so much fun. And I'm really glad that we finally got Emily here. So I'm going to stop gushing. I'll let you make the introduction. We will get started. So did you sit in a lazy boy and listen? I think I sat on a sofa. <laughs> it was, it was not a lazy, it was not a recliner. I remember that much. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. I love it. Well, I am excited to welcome Emily to the show. She has worked in human resources for 25 25- plus years. She has experience in retail, legal, temp staffing, and for the last 15 years, healthcare. A believer in giving back to the profession, Emily has volunteered at conferences as well as participated in panels and presented at conferences. She has served on the boards of Richmond Sherm and is currently serving on the ASHRA board, part of the American Hospital Association. Emily earned her CHHR certified in healthcare human resources in 2014. Well, Emily, welcome to the show tonight. And our first question is always, what's in your glass? Well, tonight it's water. <laughs> I um, I did have my glass of Pepsi for dinner, but I'm on to water at this point. Always a good choice. Especially yeah. right now. We don't talk about the weather anymore, but it has been in the upper 90s, almost 100 in Richmond over the last many days. And Ooh. wow, it's it certainly needed. Certainly needed right I don't now. miss that. I don't <laughs> miss that at all. <laughs> Emily, again, you know, I talked a little about how we first met and and certainly know what you're doing now, but how exactly did you get your start in human resources? Well, I started in human resources in uh, in a retail store. I had been unhappy in the job that I was doing there, but I had been there for a while. And so I actually went to a career 
services offering at University of Richmond and took some uh, skills testing to see what I would really be good at. And it turns out that I like rules. Hmm. It's a good thing since I'm in <laughs> HR now. <laughs> so um, that really was a good learning process for me. And I was able to transition from the buying office into human resources at uh, Tollheimer's. And there I did, initially I did benefits for them. And over the years, I've gained experience all across the board. I think it's fair to say, and Wendy, I don't know if you remember the Tallheimer's name, but I think Tallheimer's, I can make an HR family tree. And it seems like so much of Richmond HR, those particularly involved in Richmond Sherm and the people that kind of laid the groundwork for so many of us, they all came out of Tallheimer's. That's amazing to me how many people came from that place. And, you know, the store's been closed since 1992, but the HR downtown group is still connected and we get together about once a year for dinner or drinks. Wow. So talk about connection. I love it. And to know some of, to get to know the fact that I know some of you is, is, is an absolute honor, but I love, I love that there's so much of that framework is still in the area and, and people still ever know everybody. It's great. That, that is awesome. And, and that would have been at, uh, before my time in Richmond. Um, I, Emily, I was in Richmond for a few years. Um, my husband worked at, um, at VCU. I worked at the hospital connected. So we have, uh, we were there for about four years and uh, we were just talking about how we need to come back and visit. Uh, we were talking about the pizza, yes. John. <laughs> uh, Emily, excited to have someone else on who um, has healthcare background um, because I also work in healthcare, been in, um, in and out of it for numerous years, um, but not a lot that have worked in assisted living. And that does take a, um, that is a different kind of healthcare. It does take a special um, a special skill set to do that. So what challenges for, do you have from an HR perspective, um, specifically because, um, you know, in, in long-term care, you're going to ve- develop relationships, not just with your employees, but with the residents. Let's chat about that a little bit. Well, that is a big challenge for us uh, because people who move into a continuing care retirement community like ours are going to be there for the rest of their life. Um, we see them every day and it's not just for a week, it's for many years. And it presents challenges in a couple of ways. One is that the residents and the employees become almost like family, which in on the one hand is good, but on the other hand, it's not so good because we have a um, rule at Covenant Woods that you cannot accept gifts from residents. And when you really help somebody through a tough time, they always want to give you a gift. So both in the employee handbook and the resident handbook, it says employees may not accept gifts. Please don't put them in that position. It says so in the uh, resident handbook. And in the employee handbook, it says if you accept gifts, you may be terminated. So uh, it's it does present a challenge sometimes. Um, The other thing that happens is that not just the residents, but their family members are appreciative and they like to give gifts. So what we do then is tell them if they give a gift that can be shared by everyone, like a box of candy or 
special treats like that, then they can accept it in the department, but an individual can't accept it. We just definitely don't want to there to be any uh, favoritism either way. Sure. On the resident side or the employee side. Sure. Uh, so ha- have you had to deal with maybe an employee issues after a resident passes? Do employees have tough times with that or do they find helping through the end kind of clo- closing the door, I guess? We have a chaplain on staff and uh, he's there for both the residents and the employees. People do make connections that are difficult when someone passes and we offer uh, both the um, the chaplain service as well as we have an um, EAP. So employees may access that if they are having a very difficult time. Occasionally, um, if more than one person passes in a close time frame, then we might even establish a grief group for that period. And then employees can come and talk about that person. Um, the other thing that we do is, although we have funeral services at the time someone passes, once a year we have a, a memorial service where everyone is recognized and employees may attend that. Emily, do you see, particularly with some of the challenges developing those relationships and knowing there's going to be loss along the way, does most of your employee base, is it fairly steady? Or do you see a lot of turnover when, when folks come in? Are they coming in with experience that prepares them for for that kind of setting? Or are they coming in eyes wide open or not really knowing what to expect? A mix? I mean, is it, how, does, how does that work? It is a mix. Um, when I first started working there, we required at least two years experience in long-term care. Recently, with the job market the way it is, we have been a um, clinical site for uh, CNAs who are in training. So, when we have somebody who has done their clinicals on site, we do give them an opportunity to work right out of school. But it does make it challenging sometimes because you then need to have someone experienced working the same shift that is uh, can be their buddy or we call them their preceptor. Uh, so they have a resource. I know, particularly in the Richmond area, the retirement communities, nursing homes, COVID-19 has been particularly challenging. And I'm curious, what has your experience been like at the office with COVID? And and what have you learned that you're going to be able to apply when you're practicing HR going forward? Communicate, communicate, communicate. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, in the absence of real facts, people will make stuff up. So we have really been working uh, together to make sure that the message is out both to employees, residents, and families. And our administrator has been communicating to the residents and families in healthcare. I've been communicating weekly to our employees via a memo, a weekly memo, as well as a video update. And then our CEO holds a weekly we call it coffee. Right now it's virtual and he updates the independent residents that way. So we hopefully are getting the same message to everyone within a day or two. The other thing that has really been eye-opening 
is the amount of energy and creativity people have if you just ask. So, you know, we started out, you all know these regulations are changing daily and sometimes hourly. One one week I wrote the memo and two hours later I had to do it again yeah. <laughs> because something changed. <laughs> so, you know, we have to think on our feet and, and be flexible. But what I've found is that a lot of employees have good ideas. And if you ask, they'll share. So we've been just putting it out there. If we need something, we, we ask the question and we'll get two or three ideas and some of them work and some of them don't, but at least we've gotten the information and people also then are feeling heard. There has been a lot of fear about um, employees contracting the virus or taking it home to their family. And we have been virus free. Um, no residents have had wow. the virus. And we're very thankful for that. Uh, and, but I, I think a lot of it has to do with us communicating. Our infection control nurse has, uh, sends out regular updates also to everyone on infection prevention. And I can't tell you how many times not only have I washed my hands, but said wash your hands <laughs> in the last four months. <laughs> I think we're all there. And I'm glad to hear that many of the things that you're dealing with, while the environment may be a bit different, we've heard communicate. I think we've even said communicate, communicate, communicate. And it sounds like we're all, we're all in those same dealing with many of the same things, even though the environment may be a bit different. That's, that's really good to hear. And it's amazing. What a testament to your organization. Knock on the countertop here. No infections at all. That's, yeah, that's, that's amazing. In the, in the resident population. Knowing, unfortunately, that other places in Richmond were not that fortunate. That's really, really something. I, I think it's also a, a, an important factor to remember that a lot of people who work in healthcare work more than one job. So they'll work full-time for us and part-time somewhere else or the other way around. Sometimes they hold three jobs. One of the things we did right from the beginning was say, uh, you need to choose which place you're going to work during this. And if you're part-time and you want to stay with us, we'll try to give you more hours. But if you're full-time, you're going to, you know, we're not going to mess with your hours. You're going to keep the hours the same. So we did tell people right, you know, right away that this is serious and we're taking it very seriously. So let's talk ASHRA a little bit. I'm familiar with them, been involved in the past. Um, John inadvertently or um, snuck into one of their conferences a couple of years ago with the... That was not inadvertent. I did it on purpose. <laughs> you did do it on purpose. <laughs> I did it on snuck purpose. into a conference to uh, to hang out with uh, our friends from the hostile work environment, which was fantastic. But you are very active in that, which I think is, is fantastic. Um, so what led you to first get involved in, and what keeps you engaged? I first joined uh, the, I think the year after I came to Covenant Woods and didn't have any healthcare background. I knew I needed a resource um, who knew what healthcare was like. And I first joined this um, state version, which is we call VASHRA, and then through that joined the national organization. And they have uh, regional representatives that were available to answer your questions and help you out. 
as well as the our state folks were very helpful. And through that, I became active in the state organization, just volunteering really at meetings and so forth. And the next thing I knew, uh, somehow I was on that board. <laughs> so from there, I got to know a lot more people at the national level. And from what I had seen of the things they'd been able to do, I was interested in being a part of that. And so two years ago, I applied for the board and was accepted on to the group. And they've been very helpful uh, to me in learning the way we do things at ASHRA, as well as um, giving me an opportunity to have a voice. That really helps me um, with my confidence in things, too, being able to work, speak at a conference, not just being a speaker, but being a representative of the organization. We are going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Are you a leader looking for a trusted place to ask questions, gain new perspectives, and grow as a leader? Do you wish you had access to experts who want to pour into your personal development and support you as you reach new levels of success? You can have all of that and more when you join the Talent Magnet community. It's time to invest in your leadership education so you can better invest in your people. Join a community of success-driven leaders today. Learn more about this opportunity by visiting talentmagnetcommunity.com. All right, and we are back. Emily, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, which is the half-hour question connection. And our first question of this segment is, what career did you dream of having when you were a child? I wanted to be a runway model. I bet nobody ever answered that way, did they? <laughs> I don't think so. I think that is a first. Good for that you. That is a first, yep. Yep. I love it. Why not? Unfortunately, I wasn't quite tall enough. <laughs> so second best choice was to go into fashion merchandising, and that's <laughs> yeah. how I got into retail. Emily, who's one person you've gained in your network in the last year that you think more people should know? Wendy. <laughs> I love it. I um. I've been following her on Twitter uh, for quite some time. And although we have just connected to chat back and forth, um, I do appreciate her perspective on things. And I think that more people should be connected to Wendy so that they can take a broader look at what's going on out there. Oh, I'm flattered. Thank you. For once, I'm not <laughs> sending the check, Wendy. <laughs> I love it. Oh, thank you, Emily. That's so sweet. Um, yeah, well, you know, honestly, um, we love what we do, and but it's nice to hear um, that, that someone's out there and watching and listening. So I appreciate that. And thank you for the shout out. Yay. Yay me. <laughs> so Emily, uh, a new HR professional asks you for one piece of advice. What would you tell them? Listen. That's perfect. I, yeah, I... I just think that it's so important to listen and be quiet for a little bit because you hear things sometimes in the silence that you miss if you try to respond right away. And in today's 
fast-paced world, people are always moving on to the next thing very quickly. So I would say listen. Emily, we talked a little bit about your involvement with Asher House. Do you enjoy giving back to the HR community? I volunteer both for ASHRA and occasionally for Richmond Sherm. And I also have been a mentor uh, through ASHRA and through Sherm. It's one of those situations where you you say on the website you'll do it and then people reach out to you. So I've talked with people who are in healthcare, people who are in other jobs trying to get into HR, and I've actually you know, made a couple of lasting relationships that way. I love that a lot. Emily, what is your favorite movie? Galaxy Quest. Oh, love that show. I love it. I love science fiction and I love comedy. <laughs> that movie never ceases to make <laughs> me roll in the floor. That was just on um, the other night. My We were flipping around and, and saw it and we had to stop. I love that movie. Oh, Alan Rickman is just is brilliant. Brilliant in that show. I love it. And Sigourney Weaver, too. Yes. I mean, I really didn't oh. think of her as a comedy Mm-mm. actor, but she does okay. Yeah, that show. Oh, my God. Yeah. Now, Emily, I, I'm going to simply say this because your note back saying I was concerned about these answers showing where you are demographically is your prerogative. But what about your favorite musician or band? I like uh, jam bands. So Humphreys McGee is one of my favorites, and I've seen them in Richmond a couple of times, uh, once at Lewis Ginter and once at the National, and I'm looking for another opportunity to see them soon. But I also like, here's the diversity in me, I like bluegrass. Ah. And so uh, Mandolin Orange is also one of my favorite bands. And I saw them at the... Beer and Music Festival in North Carolina a couple of years ago. <laughs> uh, how about a favorite TV show? Well, that was a tough one. It seemed like I watch a lot of reruns these days. To answer the first thing that came to mind was NCIS. Uh, popular I one here. <laughs> I, that, I would say we've not heard that in a while, but that is a stalwart on the HR social yeah. Emily, I love I love your response of Galaxy Quest. Have you seen the documentary yet? No. Okay, so there is a documentary. I believe it's called Never Surrender. It's on Amazon right now. It is about an hour and a half or so documentary about the movie. It's tremendous. I would highly recommend it. I also think it's funny. I believe it is Will Wheaton who says that Galaxy Quest is the greatest Star Trek movie ever made, and I do not disagree with him on that position at all. Yep. I think you'll really appreciate because they they talk about who the original director is going to be, who is a major name that I'm not going to say on the show, but he didn't necessarily think Tim Allen was going to be the right fit. It's fascinating. It really is a, a really, really interesting look behind the scenes. And like I said, if you are a, that big a fan, you should definitely check out the documentary. And I, I think it is still I on. I, I think it's still on Amazon right now. I saw it a couple months ago. Oh. Really enjoyed it. I will check it out. <laughs> well, if you're not watching Galaxy Quest, if you're not listening to Umphreys McGee or Mandolin Orange, which I'll have to check them out. I've never heard of them until now. Or watching NCIS, what else do you like to do outside of work? I like to scrapbook. But before I scrapbook, I have to get outside and play a little bit. So we enjoy <laughs> kayaking uh, on the James River. 
and and I take pictures of all that so I can scrapbook it later. Um, but we we do a lot of spend a lot of time outside hiking or kayaking and gardening. And it's nothing like I came home from work tonight and potted a plant that I bought last weekend. So it's nothing to see me with dirt under my fingernails and then sit down in a few days and make a page or 10. <laughs> and during during COVID, I've been making a lot of greeting cards and mailing them to people who I know are um, self-isolating and are, aren't able to get out very much uh, because of trying to be safe. So I think that I have made and mailed more cards since January than I have bought or mail and mailed it from a store in the last two years. I've enjoyed that because it gives me an opportunity to be creative and it's just fun. It's nice to get mail, you know, since the advent yes. of email and, and social media, which is great for keeping in touch. I, you know, obviously we love, love Twitter and, and, and social media, but there's something about going to the mailbox and seeing a, uh, a colorful envelope that's, you know, a little bit bigger, you know, it's not a bill. Um, there's just something that's uplifting about that. So kudos to you for sending those out and making homemade cards. I love it. Uh, well, Emily, finally, it is Emily and Heart Day all around the world. What are we doing to celebrate? I think you're going to be doing something outside in nature, whether it's taking a walk or looking at pretty flowers. And then you're going to come home and scrapbook it. <laughs> Love it. I'll join you at Lewis Gittner. <laughs> okay. I, I, come you on. know, honestly, when we lived there, we went, we went to, went to the gardens a lot. Um, especially when my daughter was little, she loved walking around that place. So I do miss that. I do miss that place. Yeah. Beautiful garden. Emily, I feel incredibly fortunate to have gotten to know you. It seems like forever ago, and I know it's not, particularly with COVID, the, there's no clock anymore. I remember when you first told me you were listening to the show, blew me away. I, I appreciate the fact, Wendy, I think I may have mentioned this to you. Emily was the one that's like, you've got to talk to Lotus Buckner. Yeah. And she was like a big proponent for Lotus. And, and I told Lotus, I said, well, you know, obviously I've been talking to her. I was like, well, now we got to have Emily on. So <laughs> I, I'm so glad we were finally able to make this happen. I know some of our listeners didn't know you before, definitely want to connect now. What's the best way for them to reach you out there? I would say either on LinkedIn or Twitter. So on LinkedIn, it's Emily Endert. And on Twitter, it's Emily E-C-H-H-R. We will have that both in the show notes. And Wendy, how about you? What's the best way for listeners to find you? Uh, best way to find me is on my blog, uh, mydailyjourney.com. Daily is D as in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And of course, the second and fourth Sunday of each month, please join us on Twitter at 7 p.m. Eastern time for our twice monthly Twitter chat. How about you, John? Well, once again, I want to thank Mike Sippel and the folks at Talent Magnet Institute mm -hmm. for, again, sponsoring us for the month of August. And please definitely join us for the chat this weekend yes, and talking about do. leadership. We really do appreciate that. For me, johntherman.com for all things John Thurman. And for the show, hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. Subscribe. That's all I'm going to ask anymore. <laughs> yes. International listeners, I'm starting to go looking for you. I'm <laughs> starting to send things internationally because I'm not waiting for you to contact me. I'm contacting you, and I appreciate those that have passed along their addresses. I'm going to wait to see how the 
how that works because so far I've been so pleased with the postal service throughout everything going on. They've done just a killer job for us and excited to, to be passing along some goodies to you. Emily, again, appreciate you being with us tonight. So for the HR social hour, half hour podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect, give back and Network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon.